Welcome to this Julie's Bicycle podcast. For more information, visit our website, juliesbicycle.com. Hello. How are you all? It's been quite a, a morning filled with words, hasn't it? So hopefully this won't be something that takes you over the edge. I'm going to read a couple of pieces um, first, which I think are related to a lot of what's been talked about today. And then I've written a piece, which I did in about 15 minutes, scrabbling in the back of my notebook, which was based on bits of information I've picked up today. So hopefully it does justice to all the wonderful speakers and ideas and enthusiasm that's been in this room. This first poem is called This City is a Garden, and it's exploring, I guess, the idea that we aren't separate from nature. We aren't that thing we're trying, that thing we're trying to save is us as much as it is outside of us. Sometimes, I'd want to leave behind the way of the city. Go find silence by the edges of forests, capture nature in my pockets, etch its essence into poems. Sometimes I'd plant my feet on another type of ground, bending down to gather seeds I'd later scatter across streets, remembering Forget-me-nots might grow next to the overflow of bins, trying to let some light in through the dirt of it all. But sometimes there comes a moment when you just need to let go and see this city is a garden. Come discover my heart grow here. There was never any need to leave, find life outside of it. We are a riverbed of roads, streams of traffic, leading us further into the unknown, and we never wanted to be sure, you know. We are here now, between the flats that grow on mass like weeds, buzzing with a thousand species inside, and the derelict buildings where silence and solitude hide behind a forest of shops. We're getting lost between carrier bags and street signs. We are stood still now in this landscape, fingers entwined in the stomach of this city, surrounded by wild flowers, people who just grow where they're told. Like the Colombian orchids, who sip spice rum in dimly lit bars at the same time Iranian roses gather where the English ones are on the corners where St. Paul's and Stokes Croft collide, two types told they can never grow side by side, becoming one. Later on, Spanish tulips perform songs, the Cornish daffodils, heads bent back singing soulfully sweet southern sounds as Egyptian lotus curl open with sunrise, all wide eyes, new mornings, days dawning, and the Syrian jasmine traces pictures on his back of flat pack furniture and the outline of their home. We are small flowers cracking concrete, 
We are signals of survival surprising us all. Every time we think we couldn't get any further than before, faces searching for the sun's specks, roots crawling under floorboards. Sometimes I'd want to leave behind the way of the city. Go find silence by the edges of forests, capture nature in my pockets, etch its essence into poems. But the breath of fresh air starts here, home, and we are rooted between the houses. The beauty searched for, found in the wrinkles of our two elderly neighbors, their skin like cyclical rings in oak trees and the growing we long for seen in how many decades they have held one another's hearts and the sweet smell, it's her perfume, all fake lilacs and violets and him and his cigars. There is peace in the sometimes when we leave it all behind and stay as we are. There is peace in the sometimes when we see there's so much more to find just here in this garden, where the beauty is of a different kind. Thank you. <laughs> I do a lot of work with teenagers teaching spoken words, and um, I know George Ferguson mentioned earlier the, the sort of call to action when it comes to the youth, and I just feel like this is the vital point. I really, really do. You know, they are the next politicians and housewives and shopkeepers and taxi drivers and the ones that what they think and feel and want to implement in this world will change everything. So their voices matter so much. I haven't got the words, unfortunately, as a poet to describe how much their voices matter. And um, I went out to San Francisco and I taught in a high school in Oakland for a while. And I met a kid there called Miguel who was half Mexican and he never spoke. And about a month after teaching him, he finally started getting some words out. And I was like, oh, Miguel, I didn't think you could speak. And he was like, I can. I just don't think anyone wants to listen. And this is what I come up against time and time again with the youth that I work with. So, um, yeah, this is for him. <coughs> and I wanted to read this one particularly because of how important I feel that the message that's being generated here today is that it reaches out to the young people. <coughs> I met a boy in San Francisco whose silences spoke the volumes of encyclopedias, whose pupils shouted forever and whose mouth held so much possibility. A boy who barely moved a muscle, so quiet I thought he was mute, and while inside his stomach grew a town, sat a city, awaited a castle with a thousand empty rooms, longing to be explored outside. The world barked like hungry pit bulls, slobbering and growling, shh, quietly, Miguel, don't say too much. Miguel, he is 14 years old in an inner-city high school, in a heartbeat of the Mission District, these Latin quarters speak in tongues in this palace, this place, this school where ghetto lingo spells out truth because youth speak differently here. 
Miguel, dressed in a crushed black velvet suit, teardrop tie in ancient disguised in high tops, cat black slick back hair, this half American thing, this Mexican king royally crowned. Miguel, too afraid to say something or too content to ever need to. He is so peaceful between syllables while I, I stuff words into the space we share, eager for the next generation to speak of hope. Shut mouthed, clamped lips and quiet time. We sit in the corridor together and I tell him I am leaving for Mexico soon. Ask if there's anything I need to take with me and he searches my face like a lighthouse scanning for something. Be open, he says. It's not like it is here. There you will find prayer in everything. There are Mayan gods offering to wash your car with smiles that speak of heaven. But let's not talk of religion too much, he says, when we can speak of life. Life and girls. Girls like my mother, who gave birth to me on the back of a bus without drugs to numb the pain or a husband to feel it. Or my grandmother who in the five years since he died so tucks my grandfather's memory in at night. Let's speak of how, he says, of how I want to build the world's biggest gun, not to ever kill anyone, not to rip apart hearts, throw bones to earth, pulp, ash, scatter, sacrifice, not to hurt the human spirit, but to pull the trigger up towards the sky and fire a bullet at the sun. But why? I ask, because, he replies, because we all want to be heard by someone. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to finish with your poem. Um, normally, when poets write, it is a process of coffee and a wavering between self-doubt and self-celebration, and that tends to last anything between a month and a year on one particular poem. I've had 20 minutes, so um, I really do, as I said, hope this does justice to everything that has been discussed here. And um, yeah, I've just, obviously I can't put everything in, but I've picked up bits and bobs, and um, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to poetically give voice to all the brilliant things that you're all doing. I do feel incredibly inspired by you all. <coughs> it's called, This Body is Forgiven. Here, we are gathered in a once ruin a wreck cluttered in the crumble of an empire, bones spread sprawling over this ground. The pump of cultural regeneration, the beating thud of integration here, we are stood in the heart of a city churning out its body for us. The growth of this building speaks. Its hair holds the memories of history, churches made from tobacco strands, hospitals built from hard work hands. The growth of this building isn't measured by heaven's scraping height, but how 
it is still standing noble. In the elbows of this city, we buy property, houses painted in a shock of colors, the pennies from pub quiz paintings sold to pissed up punters. With the fingers of this city, we school our names in protest. Alongside Bowie, Bjork, Atwood, Haddad, and with each hieroglyph, we ache for change. The palms of this city's hands plant the pips of trees with primary school children and our eyes watch chocolate lilies open and close like fists to prayer. The tongue of this city speaks Somali. It speaks Pakistani and Caribbean. It speaks West Indian, English and Urdu and Hindu and French and Arabic. It recycles its memories in cafes with fair share breakfasts and swaps stories of fried okra and dirhams for cheese and ham sandwiches and builders tea the color of rust. We make laboratories in fields, festivals where this city's legs dance and its chest expands and we breathe in unison. Remembering how brave and how scared we always were. Remembering the particles that connect us, this transplant of self to other, this experimentation of change covered in glitter, no littered land to lose ourselves on. We are 4% hydro, 54% wind. We are 21% solar, 21% bio. We are 20% fearful and 30% optimistic and 10% equal. We are 40% unsure, but we are 100% trying to understand freedom. This city's bridges connect us together through a thug of fog. Whilst clouds drift through the infinite potential within us, this city pulses and moves, and within this city we stand knowing we contain the wreck and the ruin, the crumbling bones of an empire, and a growth that isn't measured by heaven's scraping heights, but by how noble I, we, us, are still standing. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at Julie's Bicycle and visit juliesbicycle.com for news and resources.